Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now for May 6th at Wayfair.com. Hey friends and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I am your host Jamie and I'm so excited that you are here. Each week I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. You're listening to episode number 56, and today's guest is Whitney Runyon. Whitney and her husband, Nick, run an organization called the Archibald Project. The Archibald Project shares stories of inspiring people and organizations whose vision matches Whitney and her husband, Nick's, which is to see the orphan crisis eliminated. These include stories of those who advocate, educate, and keep families together. They've been on a mission to document stories to do these things since 2014. Today, Whitney and I sit down, and she tells us the story of how Archibald Project started, we also cover everything from adoption to sex to infertility and how readers make leaders. I do want to give you a little warning. If it was me, I would want to know. We do talk about sex, like I mentioned. It's not anything vulgar. We're both happily married women, but you might want to watch out if you have children in your car. Today's show is sponsored by the She's Brave Conference. Nourish, a diverse community of women, was created to cultivate real relationships. Our She's Brave Conference is a weekend-long event where you can meet other women who value authenticity, fun, and community. The She's Brave Conference happens March 4th through 6th, 2016 in beautiful Uptown Charlotte. It features New York Times bestselling author Glennon Doyle Melton, great workshops, and a swag bag with all kinds of goodies including jewelry, workshop sessions with other well-known writers, bloggers, and so much more. The cost for the whole She's Brave experience is only $250 if you register now, and the Happy Hour listeners will receive a 15% discount with the code HAPPYHOUR. More information is available on their website, nourishclt.com. Use the code happy hour for 15% off your conference ticket. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy the show. Here is my conversation with my friend, Whitney Runyon. Whitney, welcome to the happy hour. Thanks. Okay, I have to ask, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in, I'm at home in Austin. Okay, you're in Austin. That's what I meant because I never really know where you are. <laughs> it's true. Because... This spring, I was just in just a small little place called Uganda, and I remember we were out to eat with the Soul Hope people, and I was like, uh, my friend Whitney's here. I wonder if I'll ever, if I see her, and they're like, oh, she's sitting over there at that table eating dinner, and I was like, <laughs> this is the smallest world ever. Like, remember when I was like, oh, there you are. It's amazing. I, I mean, we travel so much that I often forget where we are, so <laughs> it makes sense. What a world that you live. I mean, it's hectic, but good. It's hectic, but good. But 10 years ago, did you ever look back and think, I'm just going to travel all over the world? No. 10 years ago, I thought I would be either like a famous movie star or like the world's best fashion photographer. Okay. I don't know any of this about you. Like <laughs> when someone says they thought they were going to be a famous movie star, like I can't let that go. Oh yeah. I acted. I have a theater degree from the University what? of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. I, um, so yeah, I did acting from age five till 23 or how old are you? Stop you, it. Like, yeah, have you, you been, are. like you were paid to do this or you just did it in like your local theater? Um, both. So I did theater classes every day after school in 
elementary school through high school. And then I would go out to California and do like the pilot season and audition for the upcoming year's TV shows. I know it's so weird. Oh my gosh. I know. I did commercials. I did um, plays in downtown Houston at the Alley Theater. Yeah, like really random stuff. Okay, this (laughs) is so interesting. So you can give me a little advice. So people are always telling me, you need to get one of my kids is just, he's just blessed. He's so beautiful. Um, all my kids are beautiful. All my kids are beautiful. And I think that I can say this about this one particular, because I did not make him like this. It's not okay. like, Oh, he's a product of his mother. You know, like we adopted <laughs> him. So he has beautiful birth parents. Um, all my kids are beautiful, but this one has a particular look about him that is just striking and you just remember it. And people are always like, you need to get him into modeling. And Aaron and I have always been like, uh, no, like we will not have a stage kid. We're not going to do all of that stuff. Uh-huh. Well, then I started to really think more about it. And he started to like, somehow he heard about like being in a commercial or something. And he was begging me to do that. So I went and met with an agency here in Austin. Oh. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We had some headshots taken of him. Nice. But I've done nothing. Like it's, there's no (laughs) urgency. Um, and they had told me like a lot of the shoots will happen during school and you'll have to take him out and we're just not going to do that. So all that just say, we haven't done anything, but you did that. I did. I I would, I mean, what's your advice for me? That's like, I have the paperwork, I have the headshot. That's so hard. I obviously it has to be completely spirit led. Like whatever you guys feel is best for your family. But as a personal experience, I think a lot of my adult insecurities came from what I would hear from acting coaches or uh, managers specifically. Like I remember I was in sixth grade and I was working very personally and intimately with a woman from Los Angeles and every time I would see her, she would tell me my face was too big and that I needed to have jaw surgery. And you're in sixth grade. And I'm in sixth grade. And now every time I look in the mirror, yeah, I see my big that. face. I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have jaw surgery. Oh my word. <laughs> yeah. And she told, like, she would do these horrible things to to my physical appearance, like make me wax my eyebrows or color dye my eyebrows in sixth grade. And it just was not a good experience. Oh. And I know that like rejection can be really hard too because you think that you did a really good job at the audition or I mean if it's modeling they're going to be basing whether they choose that child on what they on look like looks yeah, yeah. it can be really really hard to be like oh you know you don't look right you right. know See, this is, I just have been dragging my feet and it's not anything that we're like, oh my gosh, we have to get this paperwork turned in. We haven't really done anything. And the, and the whole way that it started is we used to have a babysitter and she worked in film here in Austin and she was going to use Deacon in a commercial. And he was so excited because she told him all about the food he could eat. You know, like he was pumped (laughs) about like the free food and then he got sick and could never do it. And so since then he's been like, I want to do this so I can eat the free food. Like that's kind of his motivation. He doesn't really know (laughs) what it means. You know what I mean? And so, and this is also my kid because he's so dang cute that people tell him that all the time. And so Aaron are like, I wonder if he actually needs this extra, oh, you're so beautiful, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it puts a lot of, I still battle that today, you know, thinking of like self-worth comes from being known. And when you're in that industry, it's all about being known, promoting yourself. Um, And so, I mean, I know that you can do it in a healthy way, 
but I still battle some of my, you know, scars from yeah. growing up doing, doing theater and do, acting. Yeah. Well, that's good for me to hear. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, everyone's different, and I'm sure there's people out there that love, and I did love my childhood, obviously, but mm -hmm. it's just, it's a hard world. It's definitely a hard world. Okay, so you thought you'd be, a, so your goal was to be on TV and be in movies, right? Yeah, I, I wanted to be at the Oscars, you know, I wanted Academy Awards and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you're, and so what changed with that? Like, I, how did that um, dream die, or is it dead? <laughs> It is, it is, it is dead, okay. but it didn't die because I didn't want it. It died because I really honestly felt like God told me that I was supposed to give up acting. And that was really hard because I spent my, you know, 18 years pursuing acting and my parents spent a ton of money. So when I had to tell them, hey, I'm, I really feel like God's act asking me to give up my acting career they were shocked. They were like, what? No, but you're good. Like God would uh, not give you yeah. a talent if he didn't want you to use it. And I was like, well, I, I feel differently. Like I feel like God has said, hey, I have given you this talent, but I want you to give this talent back to me. And so that's what I did. And it was really hard. And I did. I, I wanted to keep acting. I wanted to keep going, but I'm really, really <laughs> I don't think I can handle that world. Oh, so hard. So were your parents more just like, hey, you're good at this, don't give it up? Or were they disappointed, like, hey, we've put a lot of money into this, what are you doing? I think at the heart of it, they believed that I was good. I mean, my mom thinks I'm good at everything. Because she's your mom, <laughs> I, yeah. Exactly, right? Um, I think she just really thought I would be successful. And, you know, every parent wants their child to be successful, mm -hmm. and so they don't have to worry about them and all that stuff. So, yeah. I genuinely think she thought I was going to make it. <laughs> that's, I mean, and that's what we moms do, you know. Oh, that's why you see, even, like, I'm sure that you were amazing, but even when your kid's not that amazing, you're still, like, pushing them, like, you can do it, you know? Because we're yeah, the mamas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so you, um, you thought 10 years ago, Oscar-winning <laughs> um, actress or yep. famous fa fashion photographer. Well, once I decided that I wasn't going to do the acting route, I picked up my dad's old film camera and I fell in love with it. And I started taking photos of everything. So when was this in your life? That was in college. In college. So I worked okay. at Camp Ozark. Yeah. Camp Ozark is the best camp ever. If anybody wants to send their kids, they should go to Camp Ozark. <laughs> um, but I was a counselor there and I, that's where I really met God and felt like I was supposed to change my path. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know what I was supposed to change it to until later after Camp Ozark, I picked up a camera and okay. fell in love with photography. And you've been doing photography ever since. Is that true? I have, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's how I've known you is what you've been doing. So fast forward a little bit and tell everybody that's listening about the Archibald Project that you and your husband, Nick, founded how many years ago? <laughs> uh, well, technically, we went on our first adoption trip in 2011, but we didn't become an official nonprofit until 2012. Okay, so take us back to 2011, and how did that start? Oh my gosh. Okay. It's my favorite story. I, I know. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. So I felt like I was supposed to do a photo shoot for this girl I went to high school with, but I had not talked to her in probably six or seven years. Um, so it was kind of random. And she, I, so I emailed her and I was like, Hey, can I photograph your daughter? She was like, sure. So I'm on the photo shoot in Houston photographing this little girl and I kept praying, Lord, why am I here? Why am I here? And then 
I just, I didn't feel anything. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'm just supposed to give this family free photos. Um, and then at the end of the photo shoot, I said, so are you guys having more kids? And she was like, well, we're actually in the process of adopting. And that is when I like, I swear the clouds parted and like, angels started it. singing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was uh-huh. like, oh my gosh. And I looked at her and I was like, I think I'm supposed to come with you to Bulgaria and photograph your adoption. She and was she like, look at you like uh, you were crazy? Completely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always good. But then, so yeah, four, mo- uh, four months later, because my husband was an airline pilot, we could travel really cheap. And we traveled standby to Bulgaria with the dad. And we documented the adoption of their eight-year-old son. He has Down syndrome. And it was just this beautiful, beautiful time and experience. I mean, like we got to watch the gospel happen before our eyes, right? Like this dad went, chose this son and chose to love him. And we got to photograph it. Um, and so we just put the photos on Facebook on my personal page because I thought it was a powerful story. And then a few weeks later, I got a random email from a woman I'd never met. And she was like, hey, I just want to let you know that because of your photos, we are now, we found our son. We're now adopting a little boy who's chronically ill from the Ukraine. And I was like, what? Mm. Photos can get Mm -hmm. kids adopted? So yeah, and then and that was one of the first times that one of my crazy ideas uh, about our future, Nick was on the same page, and we got with a lawyer, and we formed a 501c3, and then the more we got into adoption and the orphan care world, the more we realized that adoption is one part of caring for orphans, and there's so many other ways mm-hmm. to care for orphans. Right. So that's what we do now. We get to document orphan care. That is amazing. And so you started out documenting, um, I like how you brought this up, you started out documenting people's adoption journeys, and now you say you document orphan care. Can you explain that for us? Yeah, so we, um, when did it start? I don't know, sometime, I guess, oh, okay, so we were in Uganda documenting an adoption of a family whose daughter, Uganda daughter, was denied her U.S. visa. Okay. And so they moved, like all five of them, their three little girls and the mom and dad moved to Uganda to be with their Uganda daughter. And it was when we were there and we went out to their orphanage and we went to a few other orphanages and we saw like, hey, these kids that are living in the orphanage, they need love too. And, and like, I don't know, it just was, it just hit us in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to invite a few other artists to come and just love on the kids and get to know their stories and get to know the aunties that take care of them. Um, so then we started leading these things called media missions where we, like I said, invite other artists to come with us and get to know and spend time with orphans and then we saw like how important child sponsorships were and education mm-hmm. sponsorships and providing for, you know, the pay for the workers that live in the orf- or that work in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like resettling the kids. So right. kids, some a lot of kids in orphanages don't need to be adopted. Like and they that, have living parents. They have living mm-hmm. parents. Yeah. yeah. And so when we actually lived in Uganda this past spring, we saw such a need for education for the West, for what's really going on around the world in orphan care. And that, I mean that by like, I was shocked thinking like, oh, these kids all need to be adopted. And it's like, no, these kids don't need to be adopted. These kids 
need somebody to come alongside their birth mother and help, like, give her an education mm-hmm. so that she can afford to pay for her kids. Yeah, yeah. I think that I have, my eyes have been opened up so much. We, you know, we started our adoption of our kids in Haiti mm. in 2000 and, well, Story was born in 2000, when was she born? 2007. <laughs> so that's when we started this journey. And I mean, I am now an advocate for everyone before you jump into the adoption world of really educating yourself. Because yes. it is hard to be educated about these things once you're matched with a child, because then you're just, yeah. your eyes are only focused on getting your child home, understandably. Um, yeah. But just to educate ourselves on just what you're saying, that just because a child is an orphanage doesn't mean they're an orphan. Yeah. And what if and we just- had organizations that came alongside the families and said, yes, we want to help oh, you man. keep your family together? Because isn't that what we really want? Yes. I mean, that's what I really want, you know. It's so important because, like, orphan care means preventing, like, preventing kids from being orphans Mm -hmm. too, right? Like, we're never going to end the orphan crisis with just adopting them all out. So let's get creative and how can we help support the women and the the men that want their children, but because of poverty, they can't, they can't keep them in their own right now. Yeah. Yeah, And even investigating when you're starting the adoption process, investigating yes. the organization, because just because an organization says that they're a Christian organization or just because they do adoption, it doesn't mean that there's not some really shady people involved. It's so, so true. Actually, one of the biggest Christian organizations in America is was getting sued in Uganda for malpractice and trafficking children. Right. And, so. and we go in blindly like, oh, you have a fish on your yeah. symbol, on your sign, and you must love exactly. God and do the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I have, we are all about ethical adoptions. That's something we saw in Uganda is like so many people go in with good, beautiful hearts to care for the orphan. Mm-hmm. And then they might find out some hard truths. Like you were saying like, Oh, maybe this kid doesn't need to be adopted or, Oh, maybe this orphanage is known for trafficking children. Right. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And we want to prevent people from even getting in that position in the first place so it's like we want to have resources so like hey you're adopting from uganda here's a person you can hire for 200 dollars to investigate to make sure your child absolutely needs to be yeah 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 i'm in the middle i mean stay in the middle it's one of the books i keep picking up and kind of like just reading different chapters as i'm 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 speaking at a lifeway conference excuse me i'm speaking at a lifeway conference soon about um helping Kids ministry leaders deal, not deal with, but helping kids ministry leaders minister to kids that have come home from hard places, you know? So, but it's got me reading some books about adoption and I just haven't read a lot of books about adoption. I mean, you know, just to be honest, it's not, I'm not in that world anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. we just have a family. Like I'm, I don't, I don't think of myself as like an adoptive mom. I just think of myself as a mom. So, but I just picked up this book. It was given to me. It's called In Defense of the Fatherless. And it's by okay. Sarah Britton and Amanda Bennett. And I think Amanda may live overseas. Amanda Bennett. She lives in Rwanda. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but anyhow, it's about what we're just talking about. It's about really, really redeeming international adoption and orphan care. Like they're mm-hmm. they're really like trying to open your eyes up to that. Um, so That's I recommend amazing. that book to anyone. 
if they're doing that. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now from May 6th at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every style, every home. Okay, so that's Archibald Project. That's the Archibald Project. So what, anything new coming up for you guys? Yeah, we're actually going to, we're going to the Congo in, at the end of September. So we'll be, actually when this airs, we'll be in Congo. Yeah. (laughs) We're documenting an ethical adoption. It's so crazy. What do you mean when you say that? 
this family was matched with some kids, and then they found out the kids had birth parents, and they asked their uh, agency, hey, like, does this, do these children need to be adopted? And the agency actually said, oh, don't worry about it. Just pay them off a little bit, and you'll be fine. Pay the parents off. Pay the parents off. And they were like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. No way. So they walked away from that adoption and now they're actually teaming up with this amazing organization in the Congo, not the DRC. And they are adopting a little boy and a little girl. And so we get to go document their journey and they're going to share with us some ways and questions to ask to make sure that you don't end up adopting a child that doesn't need to be adopted as well. Yeah, and the thing about so that's that the- that's amazing and the thing about that is no parent goes in and says I hope I get to adopt a kid that really has parents and I and you know right. no one says that and that's I why know. I'm saying if you step into the adoption world for me my one of my biggest pieces of advice there's a lot but one of them is make those hard choices on what you would do if you had to cross that bridge because those bridges are out there and so let's not be naive about that but decide you know sit down and talk with your spouse and be like hey if we if this happens to us we need to decide right now because I'm like you. I've known families that have been matched with kids, love them, call them their children, and then find this out and have to walk away, you know, because it's yeah. the ethical thing to do. You're right. Yeah. Oh, well, I so, can't wait to see that. Yeah, I'm really excited. So the Congo is next. Okay. And how long will you be there? It's going to be a quick trip. I think we're only going to be in country like five days. Okay. How many countries yeah, have and we you just been got- to? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, like, too many you can't even count? <laughs> no, not that many. I I think we've been to seven or eight or nine for the Archibald Project. Mm-hmm. We've been to a few of them, like China and Uganda a few times. Um, so, not yeah, not that many. Okay. And you and your husband, this is a team project. Y'all do this together. We do. And how has it been working with your husband? <laughs> <laughs> it's been, oh, it's been amazing. We... It's, it's like marriage really is sanctified, <laughs> and then when you have to work together, you're like, this is a whole new level. Oh, my gosh. It really is. Oh, my goodness. So we went – so he was an airline pilot, and we went from him being gone three days a week to him never being gone. Yeah, and he we never actually, leaves you. Yes, yeah, we were yeah. always together. So it was a – it was a hard adjustment, actually, I'm sure. um, but it's been a long time coming because we have been working together on this for s- so many years before we actually quit our day jobs. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing happened. We were sitting with some friends and we were telling them about our struggles and the Archibald Project and like, you know, how do we get more people to care about orphans? And Nick and I just kept talking over each other. And the woman, I was talking and the woman stopped me. and She was like, stop talking right now. And I was like, what? And she was like, do you hear how you're talking to your husband? And I was like, what? Did she say this in front of Nick and She said it. Yeah. She just stopped us. Uh It was just me, her husband, my husband, and her. Okay. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. And she was like, the thing that I have been sitting here observing about the two of you is you have beautiful hearts. But if you don't put your marriage first and each other first and respecting each other first, you're never going to make it. Wow. And she was like, you absolutely have to honor each other in this ministry Did and that you, just were you, hit me that, oh my gosh yeah yeah it just it stuck with you you know because you're like you don't even notice how you're talking to one another until somebody points it out to you right yeah so 
like if, you know, if you're with your spouse or one of your best friends and they suggest something, you can be like, oh, no, I don't like that idea. No. <laughs> if you're like in a workforce and somebody says an idea that you don't like, you say it way more nicely. Like, oh, you know, that's a really great idea. I just don't think that's going to work. Uh-huh. But with me and Nick, we were so comfortable. We kept being like, oh, no, that's stupid. I don't like that. Right. And like cut each other off in sentences and just like not encouraging. So mm-hmm. that stuck with us for sure. That's really good. I'm sure that working, Aaron and I always say we could never work together because we would always <laughs> feel that we were right. And we would always oh like, my- I, th- I would think his idea isn't going to work. You know, I'd be like, yep. clearly you don't know this will not work. Um, so we could not work together. Oh my gosh. It's hard. It's so hard. There have been so many battles that I'm like, I am not moving on this one because <laughs> I know like, uh, no, you don't know Whitney. Oh, that is so, that's so fun. Okay. So I'm glad y'all get to do that. If some, you mentioned your, um, artist trips that you take, is that something that people can apply for if they're listening or how does that work with you guys? We actually don't have an, uh, one for 2016 planned yet because we have this crazy idea for 2016 that we can't actually announce yet. Oh, come on. Uh, do it right here on the happy hour. <laughs> Everyone just tells us their so secrets. Fun. Come on, Whitney. <laughs> It okay, well, we'll so be looking fun. forward. When are you announcing but, it so we can know? Well, we have a few more steps that we need to take. It'll be this fall for sure. Okay. Um, but it, it would be a new chapter for the Archibald Project. Okay. And it's really exciting. And it's something that I really hope happens. Okay, so, you can't we'll give see. us any clues. It involves... Ooh, yeah, here we go. Traveling around the world. We'd be gone a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can say. <laughs> I love it. I love getting something. It's better than nothing. Okay, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So we, if if that ends up not happening right away, then we will definitely be releasing a trip for early 2016, okay. like a media mission, so people can come. So if that happens, where do they find out about that? We announce everything on Instagram and Facebook and okay. our blog. Great. And your Archibald Project on all of that? Yep. The Archibald Project. Easy. Awesome. Awesome. Hey guys, before we jump back into the show, I wanted to let you know about the Happy Hour newsletter. I know for some of you, you don't have time to go to my blog to check out the show notes, or if you're like me, the second you get on the internet, you get distracted by cat videos or what was on Jimmy Fallon the other night. Because of all this, I've created a newsletter that will send each episode's show notes straight to your inbox. That way you just check your mail and everything from each episode is emailed directly to you. Plus, subscribers will be the first to know about some exciting plans I have scheduled over the next few months for the happy hour. So it's easy to subscribe. Just go to jamieivy.com slash happy hour club because that's what I'm calling you people, my happy hour club. So go there, sign up to be a part of the happy hour club. Now back to the show. Okay, so I just want to jump right into this because I, I always tell people, they know that when I talk to people on my show, I don't really send you a list of questions we're going to talk about. You know, like I don't like to do that. But I do ask my guest ahead of time, like, hey, what are some things that you want to talk about? And I got the first from you. And so the the first time anyone's ever said sex. No. Oh, yeah. The first time. Nobody ever has said that? No, no one's ever well, said this is what I want to talk about. And so I saw that and I was like, well, yes. Um, of course, you know. And so you and I are both <laughs> married women, you know. And so you mentioned in there, and it's something that I c- kind of think might be true, um, you said it's, you seem like it's, it's hard for women to talk in a healthy way about this. Is that what you're feeling? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, I just feel like, you know, you're, 
you're raised always thinking sex is bad. Like, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. Um, and then once you get to marriage and it's healthy and it's beautiful and it's good, it's still not talked about because I feel like it has this stigma of like, oh, sex is bad. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of women, a lot of my really good friends, you know, they they have these issues that they're not talking about and they're alone in um, and they, because they're embarrassed to bring up sex amongst their close community of mm-hmm. girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've seen that with friends that have grown up in the church and, you know, they were told like the worst thing you could ever do is have sex before you get married. And so then they get married and they're like, I don't even think this is so it, it becomes their The shame is there and they haven't done it. They're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah, like absolutely. they're feeling all of this shame, but they've done nothing wrong. Um, but I, you know, I think I have a close group of girlfriends that we talk about sex. You do? Okay. Yeah. That's do you? Awesome. Yeah. We, so that's something that, um, when we, so I've been married for six years and when we first got married, you know, of course that's like all I wanted to talk about. I'm like, sex is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> and you're reading all these books about healthy sex and, um, things like that. And so, yeah, I think in the beginning of our marriage and community in the first few years, we did talk about sex. Uh, but I think just the more like people are having kids and they're on baby three, two or three or four. And I just feel like sex isn't talked about as much. And I'm like, okay, you just had your fourth child. How are you still, you know, keeping things exciting Mm -hmm. with your husband? Mm -hmm. You know? So I just, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because I think that sex is this beautiful gift and we can oftentimes see it as annoying or like, oh, I'm tired or, you know, I just, I don't know, like it's just threw up on me or something. And so, you know, you, you just put sex off Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's, it's a way to serve your spouse and to love your spouse and honor and respect your spouse. And I just feel like we might are maybe not you're in a different stage of life than I am, but I'm 30 and I don't have kids, but all my friends have really young children. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like sex has kind of been put on the back burner for a lot of people. Yeah. And I would say that, I mean, I've said this publicly before that when Aaron and I, when we have gone a long time without having like mommy, daddy, um, husband, wife time, um, <laughs> sex, um, we can tell in our relationship, yes. like God has gifted this for us as a connecting point as for a husband and wife. And so we can tell a difference. And so if totally. we're like mean to each other or we're just fighting, like there were, there was like a month ago where we literally were fighting for like five days and we eventually mm-hmm. looked at each other and we're like, we haven't had sex. Like we haven't been intimate in a while. And that just does a lot for a relationship is binding you together. I mean, it just absolutely physically does and intimately and spiritually as well. And so I feel like a lot of times, um, as women, we don't really know how to talk about it with our girlfriends either, because it's not for some people, it may not be a top priority for them. Um, because like Mm. you said, they have young kids and so the kids become the priority and then you get to the end of the day. And if you have young kids, I mean, I remember feeling like I don't want to be touched. I've been touched all day. Like Mm, it's all day. That's all I've been doing, um, by children, you know, so it is, it's making that sacrifice and seeing it as a value. I think that's where, I think when you say people don't talk about is we don't see it as a value. Mm. I do. And maybe you do. Um, I don't have kids. How do you fight for that when you do have young kids? 
Um, when this is, this sounds really dumb and you don't have kids. And so you'll be like, I don't believe this is ever going to happen to me, but I promise it's going to happen to you. Okay. So when I tell people this and they, they don't understand cause they think that won't be me, but it will. And what I suggest is that you schedule it. And that yeah, no, we've so, totally done that before. Oh, it sounds so unromantic and it sounds like that's going to take the joy out of it all, but it doesn't cause you still have sex. And so there's still the yeah. end, the end game still happens. But literally, when t- time is crazy, we'll look at our calendars and be like, okay, it looks like, I mean, this is done. I mean, it's being completely no, serious. It's not, it's like, okay, it looks dumb. like Thursday. No one has anything. We're all home. We're going to have dinner with the kids. We're going to put them down. And we know Thursday night we're having sex. And so it, awesome. it keeps you when you're exhausted on Thursday. You still have this like, but I know what we, we're going to do and we need to do it. And so I'm going to push through. You know? Yeah. Whereas and if it was never take- a conversation, it's easy to just be like, I'm so tired. Right? And keep putting it mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And then you can like help your mind get there throughout the day too. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm going to wear, you know, something a little bit more revealing. Whatever you, you know. might need to do for you and your man, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever that looks yeah. like for you. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it is I think that women and have this like women are not supposed to like it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and that's such a, that's such a stereotype and it's not true, you know? And so I think that some women can begin to believe that about themselves. Like, ah, this is just what I have to do for my husband. I don't really like this. I'm too tired. And instead of embracing that, this is actually for you as well. Like (laughs) sex is not just for men, you know, sex is for women and it can be enjoyed by women and it should be, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so those are some times people have to have those hard conversations as well, like within their marriage. Yeah. And I think too, asking your spouse is it's talking about sex openly is healthy because sometimes people don't want to bring that up. It's embarrassing or, you know, I just, I feel like there's, I know a few women who really, really don't like sex at Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the radio or TV or whatever the podcast. Go ahead. Go for (laughs) it. But are you like positions can really help or not help as sexual experience. And so just like even talking to your spouse about random or awkward things like that can really help your sexual experience with each other. Exactly. Yes. And those are conversations (laughs) that are hard to have, but they're necessary. Yes. And And you're right. When, We've been fighting. If you have sex, it really helps clear the air a lot. It and does. so one of my friends, she was like, you know what? When my husband and I are fighting, we just get naked. And then we just oh continue gosh. to fight naked. Right? I'm like, like, it just makes you like put down your arms a little bit. Like just relax. You're both naked. You're all there. You're raw. You have to just, you know, fight a little bit nicer. And so we've tried that a few times and it's really, it actually does help diffuse the situation. If Aaron and I were fighting and I was like, let's get naked. He'd be like, no, we're going to fight. <laughs> like, stop. We're not getting naked. <laughs> this is dumb. He would be like, oh, absolutely geez. not. No way. Keep your clothes on and let's get through this. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. This is so funny that I'm going to have to put a disclaimer at the beginning of this show. <laughs> if you have kids in the car, <laughs> we're going to talk about getting naked. <laughs> I know and I'm not I'm gonna be like mom and mother-in-law don't listen I know mom and dad please don't listen I hope you did not listen to this show (laughs) like don't worry Aaron and I never have sex don't worry (laughs) (laughs) oh okay and also speaking of before we finish this sex topic I think too like a lot of women before they get married 
don't realize um, that sex may be difficult. If they have yeah. made it all the way to their wedding night and have never been sexually active, no one mm-hmm. is really talking about how it might not be like the movies the first night. Oh, yeah. Let's just go ahead and say it won't be Let's like Let's just go ahead movies. and say it won't be like the movies, you know? <laughs> and I think that You're is... Not have, yeah. <laughs> that is this misconception that you have that it's just going to... It's going to work right. Everybody's going to know what to do. And it just doesn't happen that way. No, it doesn't. And it, it makes me laugh now after being married for six years to watch sex scenes in like a chick flick or something. And they just like lay there. Yeah. And I'm like, nobody just lays there. You're going to have to get up. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It doesn't work. Like it doesn't that. work that way. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we could talk about that <laughs> with all of our yeah. best friends that are listening now. Right? Um, so if you're married out there, just know that it's okay for it to be a little awkward or uncomfortable in the beginning. Yeah. And just talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. So you've mentioned, um, a couple of times and I feel comfortable talking to you about this because you told me that we could, um, that you have been married for six years or 30 and you and Nick do not have any children. So that you mentioned correct. to me that you guys have been walking through infertility. What does yeah, that look like for have. you guys right now? Uh, it doesn't look like, I don't know, I guess if mm, it doesn't look, I feel like like a normal person walking through infertility in that we aren't actively pursuing treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, and we never have, but that's not to say we won't. And that's not to say that pursuing treatment is bad at all, but we just really feel like right now we're not supposed to pursue, Mm -hmm. you know, in any type of infertility treatment, but that doesn't make it easy. That's, that's still really hard. I feel like people are like, Oh, well, you know, okay, scratch that. I feel silly bringing up infertility to my friends because we are not doing anything to fix it. Um, which I know is a lie that I feel like Satan maybe wants to keep me quiet and like alone in my suffering. But I don't know. I just feel like because we're not doing anything against like to fix it, I can't talk about how hard the struggle of infertility is. Because you feel like people will be like, well, why aren't you doing anything? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm cold. Okay. Then put on a sweatshirt Mm -hmm. or, oh, I'm sad. I can't have kids. Okay. Then go get surgery or go adopt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that I have never struggled with this, but I can think that I would say that that is not true. Like you, you're still walking through something, but not everybody has to like infertility doesn't honestly always get fixed with whatever you do. Right. Right. And that makes, that freaks me out. mm -hmm. I'm like, I have known women that have gone like five years every single month and gotten injections. And I'm like, I just don't think I could emotionally handle that. I, I don't know. And, and we really do feel like we are where we are for a reason. Like, I don't think we could be doing the Archibald project as intensely. We couldn't be traveling near as much. Mm -hmm. We had a bunch of children. Yeah. Um, but it's still, I mean, it's still really hard because, you know, we do walk into orphanages often and we do form relationships with children that want parents. And I was actually just telling Nick before we got on here, um, that my heart hurts when I go and I like look children in the eyes and I see that they want a mom and I see that they want to be held and loved and like just cherished, you know? And I'm like, and I could do that for you. Like I could, I have home, I have a family, like Nick and I have 
each other. We can bring children into our family and just feeling like right now we're not supposed to. I think that's one of the hardest things. Yeah. And how do you, I'm sure that you must have this inner struggle with, I, I'm surrounded by children every I'm not every day, but on all of your trips, I'm surrounded by children who need families and yet Mm -hmm. I'm so desiring to get pregnant. How does, I'm sure you must have this inner battle inside with that. Oh, totally. Um, so I always thought I'm never going to have my own kid. I'm just going to adopt. And Nick was not always on that page with me. Um, like never had biological kids. Yeah. I was like, we'll never have biological kids. I don't, it's fine. And then I think once I realized my body isn't producing biological kids, it kind of was like, wait, why not? Like my body's supposed to do these, mm-hmm. you know, that's the natural thing that my body should do. Um, and it's been four and a half years since we started trying. So I think realizing that you can't have biological kids kind of made me want biological Mm -hmm. kids more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then actually living in Uganda and just every single day being around the adoption world and seeing so much corruption I told Nick I was like I don't even know if I ever want to adopt because Mm -hmm. there's it's just so corrupt Um, but that uh, that was just out of anger Mm -hmm. and frustration for the situation that you were seeing right Yeah, yeah yeah so I mean I think that I don't think that everybody is supposed to adopt and I don't think that I think sometimes, you know, scripture can be used or like everyone should adopt or everyone should be doing this and it's like, no, not everybody should adopt and and I don't know if God will ever call us to adopt. I hope so and I think Nick hopes so. Mm-hmm. But we feel like we're you know, it is ironic going in mm-hmm. and being like promoting orphan care, right? But then saying, Oh, we we still want biological children. Right. Um, but I don't think there's shame in that. And I don't think that that's bad. I think God has given us a heart to care for orphans where we are and use our talents and artistic about abilities mm-hmm. to, to serve how we can, but then to also say like, yeah, but I also made your body and I gave you this desire to want children as yeah. well. Yeah. And I like how you said there's no shame in that because I could see how Satan could really get in and work on you and Nick and bring shame upon you. Oh, life. yeah. I've been there for sure. I've yeah. definitely that. Yeah. How do you fight that? Um, I mean, I think I just realized that, that I think I just came to a point and realized that it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not stupid. I mean, it is stupid. That's a stupid argument. I feel like that could be a, a lie from Satan. It's just like, but nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to adopt, right? Right. right. So why would I feel like I have to adopt? Mm-hmm. It does. There are verses that talk about caring for the widow and the orphan. And I spend my life, my career caring for orphans. So yeah. it's like, I'm doing that, Satan. So go away. Get away. <laughs> Step back. <laughs> Stupid lie. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, do you feel comfortable? I mean, do you have girlfriends surrounding you that know the struggle? And is it something that you feel comfortable talking about? Yeah, I think I have a really close group of college friends, and we did house church for six years, six or seven years, um, and everyone knows that we're struggling with infertility. I just, again, I just feel so stupid bringing it up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, well, then why don't you do something about it? Which I don't, nobody has ever said, and I don't know if anybody's actually thinking it. But And I never want to be that person, like, whining or complaining, mm-hmm. and so I just tend to 
kind of keep my mouth shut about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I've never walked that road, but I know that I have had, I've had several guests on the show that have, um, and Mm. I actually hear from people um, all the time that have as well. And so you're definitely not alone in that. And so, I mean, that's, I think that's even sometimes good when you say it out loud to hear someone else say, I I get it. Like, I know what you're feeling because I, the emotions that you have, I won't understand because I've never walked down that road, you know? Yeah. Um, but just yeah. to say it out loud sometimes and to hear someone else go, I get it. And there are people listening right now that are like, I get you, Whitney. I really yeah. do. That is, yeah, it does. It does. It definitely helps. It does. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I know that that is this crazy. You look at it and you're like, God, this could not be any crazier that you have me like spending <laughs> my life at orphan care and my body is not making a baby. You know, like it just, you just probably, I'm looking at it. You're probably thinking sometimes like, the irony, which is not ironic. It it's is, just it's God, right? you know, it's God. It is. And it's hard. And I do, I do think like, are you kidding me? Like there's these people out there who have these amazing children and they don't care about them. They just put them in the orphanage and they walk away. And I'm like, it makes me have like a holy anger. I think to see mm-hmm. so many wonderful children mm-hmm. living in orphanages or institutions and parents just not caring about yeah, them. Yeah. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. And what do I mean? And who, I mean, you have that holy anger, like you said, but what a passion for a way that you can actually do orphan care, orphan pre- prevention, even, you know, is to walk alongside mm-hmm. these families and be like, you actually can do this. Yeah. You know, because yeah. most people put them in, put their children in orphanage when they're living is because they just feel like they can't. Yeah. And for people to step up and say, yes, you can. Absolutely. We were talking about on this most recent media mission to Romania that we just got back from last week. We were talking about how important and powerful it could be to start an organization in one of these countries or in America. I know there's a few that we're actually wanting to document these organizations that just say, hey, like, let's set up a um, like a time once a month or once a week where the biological parents sit with the orphans or their kids and they just have tea or they do like have a Coke and they sit. And I know they do that in foster care here, but like specifically in Romania to just sit and have conversation provided for you. And then once that time is over, there is somebody pouring into the child, but there's also somebody pouring into the parent Mm -hmm. and like teaching them the value of life Mm -hmm. and teaching how to cook a meal and how to get a job and how to apply for a job and take them shopping so they can have a suit so they can go to a job interview, you know? Um, and then hopefully just watching that relationship grow and then the parent learning also on the side, how many kids I feel like would be taken out of the orphanage. That's then. amazing. Right. I'm like, I just have so many ideas. No, I'm just kidding. Right. I didn't, I didn't make that idea. <laughs> right. But. It should happen. It should definitely be happening more than it is. Yeah. That's just like family preservation. I said my word wrong. Mm-hmm. Preservation, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Keeping families or, together. Yep. Orphan prevention, family preservation. All those words right there that you just said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes to them all. Yep. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now from May 6th at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every style, every home.
Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Oh, okay. Um, Whitney, I always ask my guests towards the end, what are three things that you're loving right now? Okay, I love the color black. And I have always loved the color black, but I feel like black is like super trendy right now and it makes me really happy. Okay, why do you love the color black? I used to want to be Wednesday Adams. Isn't that creepy? That is very creepy. <laughs> yeah, when I was and for like, a second, I had to think about who that is. Like, <laughs> I mean, I got it now, but first I was like, the "Who Adams is that?" Family. Yes, yeah, yeah. When I was like five till maybe ten, my entire elementary school, I used to wear like black. <laughs> I love black. It's so weird, but now it's super trendy, and I'm painting my kitchen cabinets black, and I'm getting all black plates and cups and I wear black and paint my nails black and I do paint my nails black if I go get them done a lot I do like that yeah it's super cute love it love do you do the shellac or regular paint I've done the shellac a few times but it just ruins my nails so much does it ruin yours oh for sure it ruins them but it looks so good (laughs) it does it looks so good and when you're going internationally you don't have to worry about it chipping that's exactly right that's why it's so wonderful it's because it'll just last for like 10 days so it's great okay so the color black what else? Yep. Um, okay, so I am a big tea drinker, and recently my sweet husband has introduced me to AeroPress coffee. Mm-hmm. So I am love. I'm actually loving coffee. I've never been a. Co- I was an iced coffee for a few months, and now I like love coffee. Okay, explain and I, that- AeroPress because I think I know. It's this weird apparatus where you grind your coffee and you put it in this. Thing. Is it like a little then, bag type thing? Or no, it's it like a cylinder and oh, you, there's yes. a filter at the bottom and you pour your water, you pour your grounds in and then you pour the water in and you press the yes. air, pushes uh-huh. the coffee down through the filter. And it's just this really smooth, really, really, really good tasting coffee. So now I love coffee. So it's like and an experience though. I mean, you're, oh, you're yeah. making this. <laughs> yeah, we've become quite... Uh, the coffee snob, I think, which is probably bad, but I am so like the opposite of coffee snob. I've said it before. <laughs> I'll drink like coffee from like Holiday Inn Express. Like it's just, oh, uh-uh. I'm not the snob. Oh, I feel like that's like a smoker tastes like a smoker's mouth. Oh, I know. Aaron is like, this is the grossest thing I've ever seen you do. Yeah. I'm just, like, <laughs> I, I think for me too, coffee is just like the act. Like I love the, the, the hot in the morning, Mm-hmm. Like I, I make myself a cup of coffee every morning to take the kids to school. Oh, nice. So I have it when I drive. It's just like, I don't know. It's just something I enjoy as I'm driving the kids to school. Absolutely. And then I have one more when I get home. It's so comforting. Yeah. And it just, and sometimes I even feel like I can't sit down to do a podcast interview unless I have a cup of coffee. Oh, me too. I can't do a photo shoot without having some type of caffeine in me. So fun. So today I'm doing four interviews. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be drinking Holy coffee cow. all day. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh my Goodness, yes. Okay, so that's your second thing. But before we go to the third thing, speaking of podcasts, you guys have a podcast. We do. Tell everybody. We just launched our new website. Our website got a facelift, and we added a podcast to it because that will 
that kind of actually has something to do with our plans that we can't talk about. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> go around basics. the world that you can't tell us about? Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. But that, the podcast, so we're going to be interviewing people who are some way, shape, or form involved in orphan care, but it's not, the whole podcast won't be just about orphan care because I, uh, personally, I think that'd get kind of boring. <laughs> you never know. But you never know. It could be very fascinating, but kind of like this, just interviewing people, letting them share their hearts about how they're caring for orphans around the world, but then just talk about life in general. I love it. What's it called? Around the World with the Archibald Project. Around the World with the Archibald Project. Okay, I'm going to look it up. If like I can get it right now on iTunes? You can get it right now on iTunes and on our new website. We have a podcast drop-down link button. Uh-huh. Um, the first one, there's only one up right now, and it's just me and Nick interviewing each other about the Archibald Project and okay. about life. <laughs> okay. That should be fun. Do you all like, are, a, yeah, do you all, like talk over him and tell him his ideas are stupid? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> He did it to me, too, though. Don't worry. We were both disrespecting each other. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, well, I'm going to um, – I'll put a link up so everyone can find it. I, I love podcasts, and so anytime I can find a new podcast to listen to, I'm always all about it. Yeah. Okay, I see you. You have – it says Around the World, oh. and it's um, blue on the top and blue on the bottom? Yeah. I got it. That's and us. I have subscribed. Yeah, you know easy that is, people. Probably I'm our always, first sub- I'm always telling people to subscribe to my show, and I just did it live right now while we were chatting. So, oh, boom. I know. Boom. Done. Okay. So we'll, we'll link to that so everyone can listen to you guys as well. But okay. So nice. first thing, black. Second thing, oh, AeroPress. What's your third thing? AeroPress coffee. Uh, the third thing is just like really cheap, affordable, do-it-yourself, DIY home renovation. Okay. So what are you doing right now? Uh, redoing my kitchen, painting it black. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, do you have to take cabinets yeah. off and everything? You probably should, okay. but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like to do things. I like to do them like the very like minimal. Like, you should do this, yes. but I'm not going to. Exactly. It's so much easier. It takes way less time, and it just gets a pretty new makeover. I did just order some tile from this 50% off tile sale. I think it's over. Um, Clay Imports in Austin has beautiful, beautiful tile. So I got some tile for our backsplash and some brick for our backsplash. So that Ooh. will be an installation we are doing this weekend. Is this something that you enjoy doing, like doing stuff around the house? Yeah, it it wasn't before, but I realized that I don't have any hobbies anymore. Okay. <laughs> sadly enough, my hobby became my... I'm mean, not sadly. I love that my hobby became, became my... became your job. Yeah. 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 And so that's all I do. Like, all I think about is the Archibald Project mm-hmm. and photography and stuff. Yeah. So I need a hobby. And... I find it very therapeutic painting the cabinets and picking out little things that make my home more comfortable. That's awesome. None of that is therapeutic to me. It actually makes me like start <laughs> twitching and sweating. Like so I could never oh, no. do that. No, 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 no. Well, good thing you already have an adorable house. See, there you go. I'm just like anything that needs to happen, Aaron, we can do, he can do. So there you go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Did you see the picture I put up the other day? You may not of our, you know, we have that wood wall. Uh-huh. Well, I can't believe that we did that three years ago. I'm like, it feels like it's, it's always okay. been there. That was one of Aaron's best projects around the house. He, and he put up some awesome backsplash. In Is that my somewhere? house or his studio? The, we have, in, yeah, we have backsplash in our house. Yes, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he does amazing things. Like I just talked to Jessica Honiger and she actually which you and I should have done looking back now, but whatever. She actually came over and we interviewed. Um 
And we were in the studio and I was pointing out how amazing everything Aaron had done back there. I love that studio. If I were you, I would just sit back there all day. <laughs> it's fun, except for it's there's so actually people pretty. working back there all day. Oh, I'm yeah, sure they wouldn't mind me just sitting back there. <laughs> no. You're just the creepy person in the Ex- corner. Exactly. Don't mind me, guys. <laughs> uh, okay, so I love your three things. What are you reading right now? Are you a reader? I, I am, but I also find it very interesting that adults have time to read because I never have time to read, mm. but I love reading mm-hmm. and I love historical fiction. But I think I've been reading this book for probably nine months, and I haven't finished it yet. What is it? What is it? It's Don't Make Fun of Me. It's called The Virgin's Lover. Oh, looky there. <laughs> no, this podcast a- may be rated <laughs> PG-13, people. <laughs> it's about it's a historical fiction about Queen Elizabeth, and it's um, the whole series by Philippa Gregory is about like King Henry and then his Anne Boleyn and like all of their... I don't know, there's like six or seven books in the series and it goes throughout history and it talks about things that actually happened in England, the monarchy, mm-hmm. and it's really fascinating. Okay. So The King's Lover is about Queen Elizabeth and her little fling, I her guess. Fling. Okay, it sounds interesting. It is, it is. <laughs> I, I read a lot on vacations mm. um, and then don't get much reading done any, anyways because at night... When a lot of grown-ups read in bed, I watch Sister Wives yes, or something yes. like that. <laughs> right? I'm yeah. like, I feel like a horrible human being that mm-hmm. I get in bed and watch Netflix instead of reading my book. I know. sitting on my bedside for nine months. But I want to be that person that sits and reads. I do too. I tell Nick that all the time. <laughs> and I want to be the couples. Like we both lay in bed with our night lights on and we read oh, yeah. and then we turn our lights off and, you know, go to bed. Right. Um, but we just sit on the couch and watch TV. And I think too, like – after we get the kids in bed and my kids are getting older. So my 11 year old, it's not like he's in bed at seven o'clock. Like he, like oh, things used to be. So we're still parenting and doing life up till eight thirty, nine o'clock, you know? Oh, yeah. So then by the time it's nine o'clock, all the kids are in bed. I want to watch a little bit of TV, you know, or just, I just want to veg out. I want my brain to not work and reading makes you use your brain. So it's true. It's true. But I love reading and I, I wish too. I had more. I love reading. And sometimes I'm like, I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to, like I schedule things. I'm going to schedule 30 minutes a day to read because I think that'd be good for my brain. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we should both start doing that. Schedule. Th- what is 30 minutes? Book. What's 30 minutes? Nothing. Really? Nothing. I mean, think about how many times you spend 30 minutes mindlessly on social media. Exactly. It could be spent in a book. See? And I always tell my kids, readers are leaders. There you go. So there I you like go. It. I mean, I literally that tell them that all awesome the time. Phrase. And Aaron kind of rolls his eyes. Like, did you make that up? I'm like, no, I think a president said that at one time or another. But <laughs> anyhow, uh, Whitney, well, thank you so much for coming on the happy absolutely. hour. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. We, I, we just went through the whole gamut of emotions and life with Archibald <laughs> Project and sex and infertility and all kinds of stuff. It's so true. It was so fun. So thank it you was. so much. Thank and you so much. Everything that we talked about, I'll put a link up on jamieivy.com. So if you're listening, you don't have to stress about writing it down as you're driving or running or doing dishes. <laughs> Those are like the three things that people tell me they're doing most when they listen. Like dishes, driving, or working out. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Go so people. if you're running, we say run faster right now. Yeah, well done. Way to run. And if you've been running this whole time, you've run a long way. Yeah, holy cow. Holy cow. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, Whitney, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. 
Guys, wasn't that just the best conversation? I've never had a guest who came into the show wanting to talk about sex before, but I'm so glad that we did because we're able to get into some really great stuff. Remember, everything we chatted about will be up on my website, jamieivy.com, and any books we mention you can find at jamieivy.com slash happyhourbooks. I love reading so much. You heard me say readers are leaders, and so I want you to be able to find the books that we chat about. That's why I made that one place for you to stop. If you can just remember jamieivy.com slash happyhourbooks, you'll find all the books I've ever talked about with any guests on the show, and that's a lot after 56 episodes. Guys, thanks so much for listening and sharing with your friends. Each week, I love seeing on Instagram you tagging photos of you listening to the show. One person tagged a photo this week that they were at a noonday show, actually. And then she found out that her son broke his arm, so she had to drive 40 minutes to get him, take him to the ER. He got a cast, and then she drove back to the show, which I was like, kudos to you, all while listening to the happy hour. So thanks a lot. I want you to have fun, and you are the reason I do this show. I want you to laugh, and I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to be inspired, and I want to introduce you to some amazing women around the world doing great things. Coming up on the show soon, my friend Logan Wolfram, Jaleesa McCreary from Austin Stone Worship, and Vivian Mambani is coming up as well soon. Guys, have a great week. Enjoy the happy hour, and enjoy your friends this week. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds, wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor, and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all Wayday long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now for May 6th at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every style, every home.